welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking about the new films, Into the Woods, Paddington, Selma, and Once Upon a Sign, Goldilocks, and Little Red. So right now we are going to be talking about a new film which came out on Christmas, uh, which I absolutely love, and it is Into the Woods, and we have with us Kiefer. So Kiefer, how are you doing on this fine evening? I am fantastic talking about this film. Thank you very much. (laughs) So, for the listeners who do not know about this fantastic film, why don't you share a little bit about it? All right. Well, this is based off the acclaimed musical by legendary composer Stephen Sondheim. It's about fairy tale, Grimm's fairy tale characters from Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, Jack and the Beanstalk, all come together into into the woods, ironically. <laughs> and they're all going in for their wishes and each encounter they each encounter one another and evidently change each other's lives, whether it's fulfilling the wishes but or not exactly getting the results they want. And it's a hilarious com dark comedy, but a wonderful music done by Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Well, I already know what you think of this film. Um yeah. but for the sake of the radio show, what do you think of this film? Oh, I think it's absolutely amazing. This it's is by so far what, I Once I saw a trade for this, I'm thinking this is the film that I am going to grovel over because I I saw the poster and I adore Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. It's, Meryl Streep is one of my favorite actresses ever because one, she becomes the character and when I saw the poster, it sends shivers down my spine because she's a really good actress. She just becomes a character. She's a beautiful singer and go, that goes for every single actor in this film. They can sing, they can dance, they can put on a performance, they they put on these beloved characters and I just adore the film for its for everything. It's just a perfect film in my mind. That's something that I was so impressed with. I love this film too, by the way, but I was so impressed with all the singing because like, yes, I know like Anna Kendrick can sing and um, a lot of the the actors in this film are musicians first and they're like I really liked that not everyone in the film was like a huge star but then you have stars like Johnny Depp and Meryl Streep and I had no idea that they could sing and their yeah. voices were incredible and I just ah everything about this film came together so incredibly and I'm like a huge theater nerd and I love musical theater so I was really really excited about um seeing this and seeing how they they put it onto the screen because it's always yeah. interesting to see how Broadway musicals go from being on stage to being on the screen and seeing yeah. how they translate. And I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think no, the I way that they did the cinematography and the uh, sets and the costume, yeah. it felt kind of theatrical. Like, it was over-the-top and theatrical, but it translated so well to the screen. A lot of that helped with the director, Rob Marshall, Ron Marshall is a genius director who's done theater. He's choreo- he's done a lot of award-winning choreography and film. So he's a he's a versatile director, and that's the kind of director I'm glad they picked because he he was able to capture uh, capture every scene like a musical. I mean, 
after the musical number Hello Little Girl, when Johnny Depp goes up on the rock and howls, that was almost cinematic. I mean, the spotlight was on him. He looked, the rock was almost like a stage. It was, it was totally like a Broadway musical, but yet it had a, a cinema kind of atmosphere to it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And props to Johnny Depp on the song Hello Little Girl because oh, ooh, I was so creeped out by him. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, so creepy. But the wolf is a really, really creepy character. Yeah. So I think he did a really good job with that. Okay. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the characters in this film because I know they're the classic um like characters, you know, we have the baker and his wife, Rapunzel, of course, the evil witch, Little Red Riding Hood and the wolf, um, all this, you know, Cinderella, his her Prince Charmings and whatnot, but they are a, a much more classic take on the characters and less of a Disney take on the characters, so what did you think of them? Oh, I'm glad Disney was able to take the classic Grimm's fairy tale. It's not bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, it's a lot of dark elements, and hence the name Grimm's fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I'm happy that they went with those directions with the characters. These are beloved characters. And each actor commits to their character. And mm-hmm. a funny thing has happened is Meryl Streep, she, in a period of her acting career, she was offered many witch roles. But <laughs> she didn't want to... Which shows you what happens when she turned 40. But <laughs> that's what happened. That's what she says. But when she got the uh, when she got the part for this, she thought it was perfect because it's not a classic witch. Absolutely. This this witch isn't the evil. I'll get you my pretty. It's more. It, she keeps the the story going. She's pretty much like our hostess. Keeps every. She puts every character in motion to create this wonderful cohesive story. Absolutely, I agree with you. And her character goes through like a huge transformation mm. over the course of the film. And um, her final number, she's like, "Like you guys brought this on yourself. Like this is not me. You guys always want to blame the witch, but like I'm not the one who did this. You guys yeah. are the ones who did this." And I think that's so cool because it's like, yeah, a lot of times we we try to find a character in in films or in stories or in real life that we just want to blame everything on. And she was like, "Hey guys, like point the finger at yourself." You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking about the films Into the Woods, Paddington, Selma, Once Upon a Sign, Goldilocks, and Little Red. So right now, let's continue discussing the new film, Into the Woods, which is adapted from the award-winning Broadway musical. And I have with me Kiefer, and we are just talking all about this wonderful film. Uh, So why don't you tell me a little bit about your favorite scene, since I know it's the same as mine. Well, here's a hint. Once the movie was over, the film was pure agony that I can cut like a knife. (laughs) That's my favorite scene. The two princes played by Chris Pine, Billy Magnuson. The the musical number Agony is the funniest. The funniest thing. Musical number ever because it's pretty... It should have been labeled irony (laughs) because these princes are saying... Oh, we have everything. We're princes. We, we're charming. We're considered. We're handsome. And yet, they run away from us. We can't have the girl of our dreams. So, it's funny to see how they say how terrible the life is, even though they're princes. Yeah. So, it's... And also, I feel like they use the set. This is when we... You talked about the sets and how they're amazing. 
they use the set to the advantage, splashing water, dancing on the water. Oh. Yes, for those of you who don't know, there are two princes in um in the film. There's Cinderella's prince and then um Rapunzel's prince, and the two princes yes. are brothers. And they're singing this song on top of a waterfall, being so, so dramatic and just like, oh, woe is me and my life is so hard and like Ah, it's hilarious. It's the funniest thing ever. And I think Chris Pine did so incredibly in this film. He did so incredibly. um, Because he plays Cinderella's prince. And he is just so, like, pompous and just full of himself. And just the classic, like, charming, like, all looks, no brain. Just like, I'll save you. And, ah, so funny. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of characters, who do you think uh, was your favorite character? Of course, Meryl Streep. Uh, I've said many times, as I said before, she's just a great actress. And it wouldn't be an Oscar if she wasn't nominated. Uh, <laughs> but she's great because just her look. Being able to sing with, I swear, that prosthetic makeup. She has this weird teeth. She's an actress who doesn't care if she looks pretty. She yeah. just cares what the character needs to be. And this was done originally by Bernadette Peters the original play, but she just, she has this off-kilter movement before she has this transformation. She's this very wicked-looking creature, um, sorry, person, and she has this off-kilter movement where she moves and teleports and she sings, and her performance is just another memorable performance, and you don't see Meryl Streep. You see the witch. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about her, so... My mom, my mom was even saying we were sitting in the theater, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so excited to see Meryl Streep." And she was like, "Meryl Streep is in this," and I was like, "Yeah, have you not seen the posters?" And she was like, "No, I have, but I, she looks like so witchy and like so j- just like creepy and like dark and dirty." And she's like, "I didn't even know it was Meryl Streep," and I was like, "I know, she's so good, you can't even tell it's her." Um, so I think that's definitely something that was really good about everyone in this cast is you didn't see like oh that's Johnny Depp or oh that's Anna Kendrick or oh this is Chris Pine like Mm -hmm. you saw these characters and they really just fully took on their characters and all of their splendor um so talk to me a little bit about the special effects in this film because even though it is very theatric and there is a lot of like real props and sets there is also a lot of really amazing special effects and computer generated stuff so what did you think about that it's dazzling I mean with the transformation of Cinderella becoming the prince, the uh, the princess, uh, or sorry, getting in her um, ball gowns, um, the Jack climbing up the beanstalk, being able to um, climbing up there. I mean, a lot of this was gorgeous. It just brought back the mo- um, brought back these classic fairy tales to life, and that's why another thing I another reason I adore this because it is our childhood fairy tales. Fairy tales is one of the main basis of most storytelling out there. Hans mm-hmm. Christian Andersen, um, Grimm's Brothers, all, all those. And the special effects were amazing. They were dazzling. I absolutely love them. I agree with you. Well, before we're out of time, would you mind giving us an age rating and uh, stars for this film? I give this 5 out of 5 stars, of course. And I recommend this 7 through 18 year olds because there was dark comedy and elements of the story that it will feel... I don't know. If, uh, I think kids will can handle, but I don't know if they fully understand the jokes or they'll just kind of leave this, the theater a little bit a little bit down, but 
it's Into the Woods. It's a great film, great musical, and please check it out because you just don't want to miss this sound time. Yeah, absolutely check it out. I also give it five out of five stars, and I agree. Not everybody gets a happy ending, but overall, it is a very good film. It is a happy film. Some of the comedy might go over younger kids' heads, but sometimes that's a good thing. Um, uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for telling us all about Into the Woods. Guys, make sure you check it out in theaters now. I am your host, Raven Devaney, and let's take a break. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Thank you. Welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're ta- we just talked about the wonderful film, Into the Woods, and we'll also be talking about Selma, Once Upon a Side, Goldilocks, and Little Red, and Paddington. Right now, I'm talking with the wonderful Brianna on the really charming film, Paddington. How are you doing, Brianna? I'm doing fabulous. How are you, Keeper? Fantastic. It's been a wonderful day. And let's, make it, let's keep that pattern going yeah. by talking about the Paddington. So um, tell us a little bit about the story. Paddington is very adorable. I love this movie because it's very cute and it's he's very innocent. Well, Paddington is a voice of Ben Wishaw is a rare breed of bear that not many people see and he lives in like the dark forest and no one really sees them a lot and he travels all alone to London to find a home for himself because it's like everyone has kind of left him alone. Not like half the people do it willingly not willingly but half of it's it's very chaotic like his life is very chaotic in his early years and he wants to find his home after his home is completely destroyed so he travels to london to and he thinks that it's going to be like everyone's going to accept him like oh there's a bear i'm just going to let him into my home and i'm going to give him everything and he is first priority and so he comes into London thinking like that because the explorer that came there is like, yeah, you'll have a great welcome. And so he comes there and he's like, um, I need a, I need a, I need a home. And everyone's walking over him. So he finds a family 
that um, that is willing to take him in for like a day or two. It's like only a day. We cannot take him in for more than a day. So that's basically where his adventure and everyone else's adventure begins. This is, sounds like such a cute film. I want to see this film so badly because it's, it looks adorable. And this is based off a original child, um, child um, children's book character. So this film is a, there's a lot of British comedy, I believe, because it seems a lot of it's set in the UK. So what did you think about the comedy in this film? Uh, the comedy, like I could understand most of it. Mm-hmm. I think I could understand most to all of it. But I'm not sure because it was British comedy. (laughs) So so it's like I may think I understand all of it, but I may have only understood half of it. But I think it's a great comedic film and a great family film because I I saw it with my mother. And she loved it and the audience in the the theater loved it. So and there was a lot of laughs. There is a lot of comedic comedic scenes in this in this film. I mean, with Paddington being a bear and all and him being very curious. His curiosity and his young age make him you look at him yeah it makes him very innocent make you Mm. think of a child that's going to school for the first day like what can i learn what can i do so so yeah british comedy takes some time getting used to that kind of comedy style definitely but um the story pretty much centers on the character so paddington as a character a lot of critics, of what I've read the reviews, say that the adaption to the 21st century of this character has been incredible. So, what did you think about this? It seems like a very simple character to adapt into um, this film, Paddington. He is amazing. I love films that mix animation with real life. I love them because yes. it challenges people to see how well they can make things look real and so Paddington his fur and his special effects and the visual effects and and everything that goes on about him is very lifelike his like you know how if <laughs> I was gonna say you know how you see a bear sometimes like <laughs> you don't see a bear like often but when you see like dogs or cats or yeah. um different types of animals their fur is very like it moves with them it doesn't stay in one place it wasn't stick it you could see the different details on his face and his facial expressions even though it was covered by all this fur so i thought the special effects and visual effects and his fur and the facial expressions and everything about this character was absolutely amazing zing perfect and i also like that they didn't make him look like a real bear yes <laughs> i'm glad i they made him look real but they also gave him that cartoony aspect to him that makes him adorable but yet very Innocent. I think the word I'm just saying is this character when I look at him is innocent. Yeah. Because I feel like if he made them look like an actual bear, it wouldn't be like in in the same storyline and in the same film. I feel like it would be very awkward. Mm. Now, we're talking about adaptations for, um, of stories. So if is there a childhood story that you remember that you would love to see adapted into a film? Oh, Wow. Okay. Um, way with the questions, Kiefer. Um, well, thank you very much. I like. Would it have like a personal childhood story, like something that ha- happened to me, or a childhood story that I love hearing about? Just love hearing about. Okay. Um, I would love to hear about. Um. Uh oh, the Princess and the Frog. I love uh. the Princess and the Frog, and um. 
it's just so many variations of it. Like Cinderella has so many variations, and and all of the fairy tales that into the woods that just presented. Yes. There's so many variations of so many different fairy tales, and I just feel like the Princess and the Frog is is one of my favorites. I don't yeah. I don't know why it is one of my favorites, but it is. Yeah. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and today we would, we're talking about the films Paddington, Soma, Once Upon a Sign, Goldilocks and Little Red, and Into the Woods. Right now, we are talking with Brianna about Paddington and how she wants to see a variation, another ad- adaption, should I say, of Princess and the Frog, which actually I think would be a great adaptation. Another one would be great by any studio. I think that's a good choice. Sure, sure. So I love the sort of style of the the sets, the cinematography of this film, it looks like you've transported into a children's storybook. So what did you think about the cinematography in this film? The cinematography, I think, was... It it was complimented nice by every aspect of this film because, like, the... Everything that went into this film complements the cinematography, which I think it should. In every film, the cinematography should shine through. So all of the effects that I saw and all of the... I mean, because this film is basically surrounded by a bear that's not yeah. actually there, but you did you digitally edit him in. Yeah. So I'm sure it was very hard for the actors to, like, oh, yes, I'm totally talking to something, but he's really not there, so I'm not really talking to him. <laughs> so, um, but the cinematography with everything and the, and the angles and um, all of the nature and wildlife in his hometown was, was great. Yeah. And also, whenever you think, whenever I think... Um, Live action of animation. The first thing that comes to my head is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's the most <laughs> significant. That's to me, it's my favorite one. But we've talked about CGI, CGI bears. How about the real life actors in this film? I know, I understand that they work well with pertaining to something that's not there. But like as a whole, as the characters, we got Nicole Kidman in this film. So, what do you think of the actors in this film? I love acting, and so <laughs> actors that do acting for, for a career is great. So Nicole Kidman, <laughs> as you said, is in this film, and she plays Millicent. Not Maleficent, because I had that problem, but it's Millicent. Ooh, yes. And she is trying to get Paddington to, into her collection to like stuff him and Ooh. do all these other things because, you know, of her past and everything's jacked up in her life. So, <laughs> because, you know, that's what the villain has. They have a jacked up life. Of course. And um, so Nicole Kidman in this film was very, like, she was very sharp. She was fierce. She was, she was intimidating. She didn't care what it took to get what she wanted. She, like, she hung upside down in Paddington's house because she wanted to shoot him. But it wasn't like Paddington was defending himself, but it was like he was tripping and he was strangled and tape and, and all these different things. Like it was an accident that he was defending himself. It was so funny, but the dad and I mean, the whole family was pretty comical and pretty like, it was very playful. It was very like, Oh, well I'm going to do this and you're going to do this. And it was, I, I'm going to say harmony. And I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but this film had a lot of harmony in the family and Paddington. I like that. It's a great word for. Sounds like great word for this film, and it's Thank it's you. nice. It's great, and with all the comedy, the comedy relief comes from Paddington. I can see, but you can't have you can't have a comedy without also a straight man. You need somebody to witness the absurdity of this film. So, before we run out of time, how how many stars would you give this film, and what's the age range? 
I give this film five out of five stars because it was absolutely adorable and I loved it and the comedy was great and it was very, very playful and I loved it. And the age range is six to 18 because a lot of people were like, why six to 18? But it's like, I started to look back because I've had this whole epiphany and I'm like, okay, I should look back in my life and (laughs) (laughs) try to change things. And so I look back and I'm like, well, what was I doing when I was eight? And I'm not saying that you should go back in history because, you know, that was such a long time ago. Never mind. Um, But I say eight to 16 because it's definitely a family film and it's definitely all these things. But when I think of, because he was like, well, maybe we should send him to an orphanage. And that just struck me because it's like, I don't think that six-year-olds should know about like, not know about, but be exposed to, like, well, what happens to this and this and that and that? Yes. So, yeah, that's why I give it 8 to 16. That's perfect. And that's a great way of starting it. So, please check. Thank you very much, Brianna, for talking about Paddington. It looks like an adorable film. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. This film is out in theaters now, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, you are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Thank you. Welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we will be talking about the films Into the Woods, Paddington, Once Upon a Sign, Goldilocks, and Little Red. And right now we're talking about Selma, 
with Raven. Now, Raven, can you please tell us a little bit about this wonderful period of history film? Absolutely. Um, so Selma is a new film that tells the story of Martin Luther King Jr. and his fight um, towards equal rights, um, but specifically equal voting rights, um, because in this film, he's all about, you know, peaceful protesting, and that was kind of like how he got his message out. Um, but in this film, he assembles a march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, um, and it was a huge, like, 50-mile march um, Thousands and thousands of people showed up for this march, and it was sort of just all about the process of him trying to get uh, this march approved, all of the um, the conflicts that he faced during this time and during this movement and trying to get his message out. And it's yes. really just an incredibly powerful film that shows what it was like back then to be in a situation like this and to be trying to stand up for what you believe in and, you know, all of the hate that was still sort of circulating in the South. Yes. And I find these films, period pieces like this, not period pieces, sorry, totally wrong terminology, I think. Um, films like this are important because it film can show history. Film can show what happened in a cinematic point of view. And it's, it's amazing to see that we, what we did as human beings back then. And Absolutely. the actors. So let's talk about what I think is the highlight of the film is the performances by the actors. So talk talk about how you thought of the acting in this film. Um, the acting in this film was absolutely incredible. I really didn't feel like yeah. I was watching specific actors at all. I really felt like I was seeing these people and seeing what they were going through and all of the, the hardships that they were facing. And um, David A. Lowell, who plays yeah. Martin Luther King, he did such an incredible job he completely embodies um the way that martin luther king was in public the way that he you know his public persona was and the way he presented his speeches and what a um strong man he was in the public eye but he also really gave insight and shed light on sort of what his personal and home life was and um the relationship he had with his peers because I'm, I'm sure, like, all of us know who Martin Luther King is, but yes. not all of us know his story of what his life was like at home. I mean, he wasn't just a man who went out there and gave incredible speeches and led marches. He was a father and he was a husband. Yeah. He was a friend. Um, and so I think it was very cool to be able to see this this full person and see every aspect of this person. Agreed. I feel like David really takes the philosophy of Martin Luther King, and, and I think some of the best scenes are with him and his wife I you know, this, listening to the answering machine of the threats they're given and the, the torture the, what I think uh, Martin Luther King's wife said it best the, this cloud of death yeah and absolutely. It's, it's, it's a brutal film and since I'm talking about that this is a kind of really a hard film to watch because of the brutality in this film so did you feel like a lot, I believe there was a lot it was necessary but is there especially for age limits I'm going to get right into it what do you think the age limit for a film I like this I think definitely 13 and up, um, yeah. because although I think it is very, very important to be educated about stuff like this, yes. it was it was very difficult to sit in, in the theater and to watch such awful, awful things, because even though, like, yeah, these are just actors, and yeah, they're okay, this stuff happened. I mean, so many people um, of all different race were killed, and, and it was just, like, so just brutal and violent and something that I think was was really 
sort of gave me the heads up that yeah, this is going to be like a serious film was in the beginning in the church. Um, it showed oh, it showed when uh, the four little girls um, were killed from an explosion that happened in a church, and that was sort of what started the whole march and um, and this whole the whole idea behind the march from Selma to Montgomery. And so I think it was it was a lot to witness and it was uncomfortable at times but i think it's very important that we don't shy away because this stuff did really happen yeah and i feel like it's supposed to be feel uncomfortable cuz this is not easy stuff to watch but it's nice it's great to show what happened the truth and it may hurt but it was done in a beautiful way I think it's really important to remember the wrongs that have happened in this yes. country and the things that we've overcome and the things, you know, it's it's important to learn about the past so that we can make a better future. Couldn't agree with you more. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and today we were just talking about the film Into the Woods, Paddington, and we're going to be talking about Once Upon a Sign, Goldilocks and Little Red. And I'm we're back talking to Raven about Selma and how this... What she, exactly what she says for us to make um, for us to look for a brighter future you must look at the wrongdoings we did in the past and this film Selma do, definitely does show that and it's hard to watch but it's truthful so let's talk about the I feel like the music in this film is amazing Golden Globe winning music which is great but um, what do you think about the music in this film um, I think the musical score, the cinematography, the, you know, editing techniques, really every aspect of this film um, comes together to help with the emotion of the film and convey, I think, just how intense um, the conflict and the tension was at this time. Yeah. And I think definitely the musical score really assisted um, and shows, like, you know, this was a rough time. It was really intense. And... Um, Especially at the end, I think the music was was really incredible. Totally agree. I think it was it really set the tone for most of the scenes that were happening. Even though when, when they're marching, and in mm-hmm. the Martin Luther King, this time Martin Luther King is not there for that particular march, you get this sense of not not something's not gonna nothing's gonna happen right. Yeah. It's, they're going into something that they may not come back from, and it's it's scary. It was definitely a scary time. Mm-hmm. So, and you were talking about cinematography. They do you feel like they transport you into 1965? I mean, I feel like they did. Especially yeah, the costuming. they're really transported to that time period because, and it's not like over the top, like fake. It seems very, no. very realistic. Like, um, the, the outfits, the costumes, the sets, uh, the way that, um, the cities are sort of quote unquote dressed up. Um, I think it really, really, you're transported to that time period. Um, and you really feel like, not necessarily that you're watching a documentary, but you feel like you're actually witnessing something and that you're not just watching um, a Hollywood film about it. Yes. Now, this film does have some language in it. Mm-hmm. And I do have to bring this up because I feel like it's important for kids. In the rating system, you're only allowed to say the F word once to make it technically a PG-13 film. That's mm-hmm. what I've read. They say it twice in this film. Now, I bring this up because that's kind of going against the rule of the rating system. What is your opinion on that? I think the whole rating system is kind of confusing because I have heard that you're only allowed to drop the F-bomb once in a PG-13 film, but I feel like I've definitely seen PG-13 films where it's been said um, more times, but I don't think that the language in this film was gratuitous. I feel like it was said during times when it was real, and um, I feel like it would almost be like, 
fake and unreal if the language would have just been like squeaky clean because I mean they were yeah. in a very heated intense situation and so I think it wasn't over the top I think it was very real um but yeah it is definitely something to watch out for especially if you're considering taking younger children to this agreed and I just had to bring it up because I feel like the times they say it is appropriate especially based off a true story and everything but just had to mention that out there so the directing in this film this is directed by I'm going to try to pronounce the last name Ava Devenne, 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 I believe. Devenne. Okay, thank you very much. So, what do you think about the directing technique in this film with her? I think it was incredible. Um, I think the the pace of this film and the directing style was really important because a lot of stuff happens in this film, and it covers um, kind of like a wide span of time, and a lot of events happen. And so I think the way that everything was put together in such like a cohesive manner, um, it takes a lot to capture a story like this. So definitely props to Ava for, you know, directing such a wonderful film. Yes. And Oscars are coming up, I believe February 22nd. Do you feel like there's Oscar buzz for this film? And if so, what categories do you think? Absolutely. I think this film could definitely go up for best film of the year Mm -hmm. um, because it is such a powerful story and it is such a powerful film. Um, I was moved so much by this movie and I think it's also very educational and it's very enlightening and it's inspiring and I think especially with all of the stuff that's going on in our society today with everything that's happening in Ferguson, I think it is very... Um, relevant. And so I could definitely see it being nominated for uh, Best Film. And I think that uh, David, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, or whatever, I think that he um, would definitely go up for Best Actor because he did an incredible job. I was blown away by his performance. Totally agree. Well, how many stars would you give this film? Five out of five. You know me. (laughs) Of course. So thank you very much, Raven, for talking about Selma. Very much. Absolutely. Thank you for talking with me about it. This film is in theater, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. person and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet but are you doing enough we've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green mario jr is the host of alive and green the show is all about green tips staying environmentally friendly and having fun while doing something great for our mother earth you'll want to check out the show tuesdays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america kids channel if we all do our part now it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. 
Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now we have with us Jerry, and we are going to be talking about the children's show, Once Upon a Sign. We are going to be discussing the new episodes, Little Red Riding Hood, and we'll be watching the three bears. So Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. Um, so this show is very interesting because it's a children's show um, that tells, you know, fairy tales. But it is all done in sign language, which I think is super interesting because I uh, don't speak sign language, but I sign sign language. Um, so what did you think about this show and this series? You know, definitely the idea is very unique, and I kind of like a lot of elements in it. I mean, kind of like the backwards animation style, uh, something from my favorite show. I was, I was a little kid, Blue's Clues. I thought that was a very cool little thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like I said, the idea is very unique. I know there's a lot of um, people who cannot hear, who are deaf, want to watch these shows about kind of the the fairy tales we all love as a kid come to life. And I think this is a fantastic alternative for them. However, there is a couple things that I thought could have been improved. The camera shots, I felt, were a bit lazy. And also the animation was also a bit lazy. I thought it could have been a bit more kind of bang. Because it looks like there, it was very dull. There was maybe one scene in, two, in the both two episodes that was... That had a lot in it that you can look at. Most of them were very kind of dull and also a bit cheesy. The mm-hmm. acting definitely could have been better. I mean, personally, I can't read handwriting, so I can't mark them on the handwriting if it was clear enough. But it looked pretty clear, and they also included a voiceover. So since I can't read handwriting, I listened to the voice, which I thought was a nice touch. So mm-hmm. if you're like a mother or something watching with your kid, you can listen to it, which is, you know, nice. So and, is, it, is it all um, animation, or is there live-action characters in it as well? I don't know if you've ever seen Blue's Clues, but pretty much how it works is that it's kind of like two-dimensional kind of play-like. Like, oh, there's cool. actors, and then in the background, there's a kind of a background, but that background isn't a set. It's an animation. Oh, that's cool. It is that's, cool. That's interesting. That's an interesting setup. Well, I, I definitely can see where you're coming from, where it may have been a little bit um, more simple, you know, not super over the top. Um, but I do think that it is a very cool idea, especially because, you know, not a lot of of films are tailored uh, for the deaf community, um, especially for children, you know, who want to watch the same stuff. Um, something that I think is really cool is there was, I can't remember his name, but there was a man who... Um, took a lot of really popular uh, children's films and he signed all of them and then released versions of the films with like a little box in the corner of him like signing everything, which I think is something that's kind of similar to this, which is really cool. Um, So the episodes that you watched were uh, Little Red Riding Hood and Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Can you tell us a little bit about each of those episodes? I know it's probably like the typical uh, story, but were there any fun twists to it? Well, Little Red Riding Hood was a bit of a fun twist because they made it a lot more modern. And I'm going to talk about this modern thing more when I get to Goldilocks and the Three Bears. But anyway, so they made it a lot more modern. Instead of taking place in some kind of normal woods, it's taking place in downtown New York. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. 
And pretty much uh, Little Red is not the little girl anymore. She is now pretty much a 17-year-old. And what I don't like about this, I'm like, okay, it's a 17-year-old. That's fine. I guess I can see that. But she's pl- but the 17-year-old is played by an adult. Oh, really? And, and I can clearly see it's played by an adult. <laughs> so I didn't really like that bit. And it was nah, nah. And she honestly looked older than the mother. But anyway, so she's going to this place, and she kind of runs into the Fox guy. She's crossing the park to, to a grandmother to deliver cookies. And a lot of cool stuff happens with the Fox, and a lot of crazy stuff. And there's a couple new characters. And it's just overall cool thing. And Little Red, well, I guess older Red now, is very kind of friendly and attacked with kind of the nature, as you can see. She... Is surrounded by nature and she loves nature. Nature loves her. And I think it's an interesting twist. I thought there could have been a couple things better, like the ages playing the actors. And there was good and bad animation for the background. The good one is what I was talking about, like she's interacting with nature. There's a lot of animals you can look at. But for example, when she was crossing the street, it was very lazy. And one thing I did like about it is that when she crossed the street, she actually walked into the animation. Oh, that's really cool. So it sort of, like, meshed the two of them? Yeah, kind of. That's cool. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we have been talking about the new films, Into the Woods, Paddington, Selma, and right now we are talking about the children's animated and live-action series, Once Upon a Sign, which is a... um sign language television show for the deaf community, which tells, you know, classic fairy tales with kind of a modern twist is what I'm getting from it. So Jerry was just telling me all about um, the animation and the live action and all about this series. Uh, So continue with what you were saying about Little Red Riding Hood. Well, that's actually kind of it for Little Red Riding Hood. Other than that, it's pretty much the exact normal story, you know. Mm -hmm. Of Little Red Riding Hood, which is kind of nice. They didn't do too much to it. Now, the thing I was talking about modern with Goldilocks and Three Bears, the thing is, it is not modern whatsoever. It's still them, like, on the side of the woods. This time, they're on the coast, actually. And Mm -hmm. they're kind of just chilling, like, it's in the woods. And they're going for a walk. And there's really no humans except Goldilocks, who really isn't human, apparently. She's, like, some different thing that looks like a human. And... It's a very interesting thing because Goldilocks is also a lot older, like Red Riding Hood, which is kind of making it making it unexcusable that she did break into this house and do all these things. Because for a little girl, you know, it's okay. She's a little girl. She doesn't know better. But for a grown teen, it's like, um, yeah. It doesn't do a very good message to kids. And the whole mess and the whole thing when they see her, it's like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, this and that. They don't even react like she broke into the house and broke the law. They're like, oh, she's beautiful. I'm like, yeah. And again, with the acting, Goldilocks, she looks like a young adult, unlike Red Riding Hood, but still not a teenager. And there is Baby Bear. Now, Baby Bear is not played by a little kid. Baby Bear is played by an adult in a lot of makeup in a weird costume. <laughs> and so, this, it, it seems like the, the ages were a little bit off for this series, you would say? 
Yeah, and the thing is, they made try, they tried making Baby Bear look like a baby, which made him look creepy instead of a fluffy little guy you want to hug. Well, I so, think sometimes it's probably difficult to find actors who also are fluent in sign language because it is a tricky a tricky language to learn. I've been um, taking classes for about like two and a half years now, and it's still definitely you know, a tricky language to get. So I think I could understand why it might be difficult to have, like, children that are the actual age up there doing it, you know? Yeah, I can see what you mean. I just kind of wish they did the makeup a bit more smooth so he looks a bit cuter. Mm -hmm. Because he is supposed to be a very cute character. Now, for the things to go that, like, the this is too hot, this is too cold, that's, that's pretty good. Also, what I saw is that Goldilocks really has very few words, and she just kind of, like... Like, goes, ooh, ah, oh. Which I thought she could have had a bit more expression in her words, which well, I was if, a bit If you read the original story, Goldilocks doesn't really say much. She kind of just eats food and, and sleeps around, which I think is kind of what a lot of teenagers do. I mean, I, I eat, sleep, repeat, you know? Yeah. I think about the messages in these episodes, other than the kind of classic ones that we know about. Mm. Well, Red Riding Hood, it's definitely don't talk to strangers, because, Mm -hmm. well, that's kind of the classic story of Red Riding Hood, don't talk to strangers, because she talks to this random stranger, and she tells the stranger where she's going, and the stranger, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but if you know the story, you know what's going to happen. And also, pranks don't... Pranks can hurt people, too. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but once you see the end of Red Riding Hood, the little twist ending, you'll see what happened. <laughs> now for go- now for uh, Goldilocks, the saying is pretty hard, because the saying that I got from it w- without watching it a couple of times is that if you're very beautiful, you can get excused with anything. Well, I hope that wasn't the message they were going for. How many, yeah, me- what, what age rating would you recommend this film for? It's definitely meant for kids because it's a kid's show and it has a lot of kind of cheesiness and very smiles and all of that that kids like, which is, you know, it's okay. So I think maybe four or five to 18, it's definitely meant for kids. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about Once Upon a Sign. Guys, if you are interested in the deaf culture or learning sign language or know anybody um, that is deaf or speaks sign language, I would definitely check this film out or this series out because it definitely sounds like a really cool concept. Jerry, thank you so much for sharing. It's always a pleasure talking with you. It's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org. You can also find out how to be a part of the Kids First family on that website, and check out our blog on the Huffington Post. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids Star Coming Attractions, produced by Kids Star, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. My name is Lily Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kids Star Album of the Month, here is the Wiz Pops and their song, Anglerfish.
Wisp Pops from the Kidstar album of the month. 